I know I want to know what God's will is for my life. You know, I, I want to know, Lord, what direction do you want me to go through? What door do you want me to, uh, you know, walk through? Uh, you know, what is that? You know, what, which way do I go, Lord? Uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, it, the, the simple things of life. It's always the tough ones that we figure out. Like, all right, who am I going to marry? Or what job am I going to go for? Are we supposed to move? Am I, I or, you know, what do you want? But more importantly, it's all about us involving God in the process and making sure that we are saying, Lord, here I am. I want you to be a part of this. And so we've talked about that. We've talked about how we need to ask and search the scriptures. In other words, we need to pray. We need to say, Lord, I, I need you to know your will. I need you to know what way to go. And then we search the scriptures. You have his word right here, this powerful word. It's living and sharper than any two-edged sword. And when you open it, you pray and you say, Lord, open my eyes that I might see the wondrous works of your law. Lord, teach me what you want to teach me. Show me how you want me to go. Lord, what do you want me to do? And then this word actually comes alive to you. I guarantee you, if you pray, pray. You ask God and you begin to search. And there may be a topic, as we talked about before, that you go, oh, I, I just need to know, Lord, what direction should I go? And you look up that topic and God begins to give you verses. And those verses become really important. And what you do is you write them down in your journal, on a piece of paper, on a three by five card, and you carry them around with you. And you make those things a part of your life. And you say, all right, Lord, I, that was a, I feel like that's a confirmation of the direction you want me to go. And I want to go in that direction. So now that's part of that. And so you have godly counsel. We talked about that. Going to somebody that actually is seeking after God, that's wanting to know a relationship with Jesus. And at the same time, they want to encourage you in the ways of God. And so I want to seek godly counsel. And today we're going to talk about, man, discovering God's will by sensing, really, by pursuing his peace his peace by pursuing peace. And so today we're talking about his peace because, man, there is nothing greater that is missing sometimes in our lives than peace. Because we live in a troubled world. We've got all sorts of crazy things happening. And, and there's something that the Holy Spirit wants to give us is peace in our lives. He wants to give you a peace to know, yes, I want to pursue this because I feel, feel like, God, you have, you have spoken to me. It's Colossians. This verse in Colossians I want you to turn there, Colossians chapter 3, and it's verse 15, and you may have heard me uh, share about it before, it says this, and let the peace of God, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. We're going to discuss this, dig into this verse and then break out some other verses. But right now, would you just pray with me and let's pray. God would really settle our hearts with peace and give us wisdom to hear what he wants to say and that we would be able to be even attentive to what he wants to say today. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for everybody that's here. God, I pray that you would speak by the power of your spirit, that you would grant, Lord, everyone here to hear from you Lord, help me to get out of the way. Help me to speak what your words are. God, take away all the stuff that we've dealt with this week. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Help us to be ready to receive from you. And Lord, I pray for every person here that may be looking for your direction. God, thank you that they're here. 
Thank you that they're wanting to hear what you have to say. Thank you, God, that you, you want to speak to them. And I pray that you would confirm to them. Maybe there's just one thing that they take home today. I pray you would confirm to them what that one thing is and bless them. And we pray now, lead and guide, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when I was a, a kid growing up, and I still, I love baseball. I don't know how many baseball fans are here, but I grew up playing baseball. I love baseball. And uh, so uh, when I was working as a teenager, I worked, I worked, you know, all sorts of odds and end jobs, anything to make money, you know, whether it was busboying or waiting tables. Or, but one of the jobs I had was I was an umpire at baseball games. Yes. I had a little outfit on, I had my cage mask, I had my blue protective, and some of you are going, I don't even know what baseball is, all right, I'm not even from your country. Baseball is a game with a little white ball, they throw it, they hit a bat, they have to run around the bases, there's a home plate, it's, it's, it's something that is very boring to be perfectly honest with you unless you love the game, because most people are sitting there going, why is this game so boring? I don't understand, why don't they let them hit it so it makes it more fun, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where you you don't understand why like let the guy hit the ball you know why not let's make it more exciting right just soft pitch it why do you have to try to strike him out well that's all part of the strategy and all the game and that's why they have an umpire because the umpire sits behind the batters and and there's the plate that's shaped like a diamond or a kind of a phony diamond but anyway it's shaped like that and then you call balls and strikes depending on where it's thrown you also call out or safe depending on where people are now here's what would happen as a young man as I'm an umpire at baseball games and you know I'm high school and late teens and early into college and man I don't know if any of you have kids that play baseball but some of the parents can be super vocal at the umpire have you ever experienced that yeah I got to experience firsthand okay (laughs) and I'm gonna get it out right now now, what are, you, what are you talking about? Oh, because they would yell at me if they thought my call was wrong. So they would really, truly, they would just pound me with, uh, you know, blue. They'd call you blue or because you're wearing blue and I had a blue little, you know, protector on my face. You know, you don't know what you're seeing. How old are you? You shouldn't be out there. I'm thinking, I'm looking, I'm going, your kid's in Little League. This isn't the pros, buddy. I wanted, you know, there's part of me that wanted to fight back. I mean, I had the protector in the mask, so I figured I would win. But anyway, you, you, you just, you would get to- totally pummeled by the parents. And, and, and especially if there was a play at the plate where somebody was sliding in. And if you potentially, if it was very close, and if you called, maybe it was a little, you know, it was close and you made a call. Oh, and their son was the one called out. It was over. I mean, they'd meet me in the parking lot and yell at me. It was terrible. And so you, you know, it was trying the intimidation, the fear. Why do I bring that up? Because this verse, it's funny, but it says this, let the peace of God rule. That word is the word that we use for umpire. It's this word that we say, hey, I'm going to let the peace of God call it out or safe. I'm going to let this peace actually be what rules my life. 
You know, and so many times, let's be honest, there, there's, the problem is people don't want God to really rule. And so we're trying to discover God's will. And if I, wanna, if I want his peace to rule my heart, and where's that peace come from? Well, it comes from, a, first of all, I have a relationship with Jesus. I've been forgiven of my sins. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. You become a Christian. When I, when I actually ask God for forgiveness, when I say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me and, and make me new. Then here's what happens. I, I end up having, I end up having not only joy in my heart, but I have peace because I'm forgiven. There's nothing better than forgiveness. You know, I know you know that. If you've ever been forgiven by a, 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 a spouse or a husband or a wife when you've gotten in a big fight, man, there's nothing better than, oh, okay, let's, let's work this thing out. It's terrible when there's unrest or, or bitterness or anything going on. And so here's this opportunity where we go, wow, Lord, I want, I want you to speak to me. I want your direction. I want your will. And God's saying, hey, here's what you got to do. You got to let the peace of God rule your heart. In other words, you need the spirit of God to rule you and umpire you to call it out or safe. And sometimes, guess what? Those calls for your life probably are not going to be what you want because you feel like, man, I would really like to do this. And God says, no. And you don't have this internal peace that happens because the Holy Spirit is in you. And you realize that is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't think I should do that. You want to do it. You feel like you you need to do it. But God's spirit is saying, no, don't do it. He's calling it out. He's saying no. And you're like the parent in the stands going, no, God, that is should be, that should have been safe. That should be a good call. That should be what it's all about. But God is saying, no, 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 I, 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 I'll, I'll go ahead and let you make the decision however you want. But here's the first thought for you and me is this. We got to let him make the call and then we listen, okay? You got to let him make the call and then listen. So I, I, I know that that is something that it's, it's hard because, man, I, I like to be in charge. I, I like to be what it's all about. But that word peace is in harmony or unity. I don't know if you know. When you have peace, you're in harmony or unity with what God wants. And what that means is you've already discovered, Lord, I'm praying, I'm asking, I'm searching the scriptures, I'm trying to figure out your will in my life. So I'm looking for your answers. I'm seeking godly counsel. And now I'm praying and saying, Lord, and now the Lord will put peace in your heart or your mind. He, he will say, oh, that is that peace that you want. That is that, is that peace that, that is happening. And so I would just encourage you on this, that you have the opportunity to let him make the call and then listen. You're not a parent in the sidelines trying to call because guess what God's ways are better than your ways I guarantee it I promise you God knows better for your life and for mine even though we think right oh this would have worked out way better I mean it's funny right Lord this if you would have done this I think it would have been better give advice to God okay here here you go but he knows all things and why do we why do we even look at it that way well I think that you and I we got to hear what the, the Apostle Paul says as he writes the church of Colossae and says, hey, you got to let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know, you want, you want that peace to rule. Lord, I, I have that. That's, that's what I want. And then the second thing is that I need to rely. I got to make sure I rely on the peace that comes from him and not our own satisfaction. Because here's what can happen. 
You're trying to figure out what God's will is. There's choices for you to make. And the choice that you feel like would be the best choice is what really satisfies us. And so that would be, man, that, that seems like that would work out better for me. But yet we're not really letting God be a part of that process. And so it's hard. I know this is difficult, but you're going, well, wait, wouldn't, his, wouldn't my choice of satisfaction make sense with what God wants to do? No, I want the peace from within because if I'm just satisfied, I got to be careful. Oh, I'm satisfied. This, this is a good decision. And this will work out good for me. So I'm really satisfied about what we're doing. But, but, but God may be trying to put a peace in your spirit that says, no, 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 that's not where I want you to go. You may have a satisfaction about something because it just feels right. But man, you got to realize that your heart, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, I know this is, this is one of those heavy verses for anybody that's never been to church, but the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So many times we, we want to trust our heart. We want to trust my, but, but the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it so 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 we can fool ourselves oh no this will work out better this i'm gonna say i'm satisfied with this because we know that that would be easier or that would work out better or that maybe even compromises our walk with god but god is saying no no no. i want you to i want you to rely on the peace that comes from me not not from your own satisfaction so that means we got to hear what the voice of the spirit is saying to us and it's not a voice audible. Some of you may question that like, well, I don't hear that voice. I don't hear that voice either. But I, here's what I know. I, I hear an internal unction in my heart that tells me I got peace or I don't have peace. You know, when I married Gabby, when I, when I met Gabby, when I had a conversation with Gabby, it was interesting. But, um, you know, I'd been married for a long time, 22 years, and I, I had an incredible marriage with Ash. But I, I knew what was good. And, and, and so when I talked to her on the phone for a couple hours, I got off the phone. I literally said, Lord, that was different. Like that, no, 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 that was somebody that, and I just had this peace. I, didn't even, I hadn't even met her yet in person. I think maybe years ago I'd met her once. But I, I, we just had a conversation on the phone. I'm like, well, that was weird. No, come on. And then when I met her, oh, yeah. You're going, oh yeah, well, you fell in love because she's beautiful, right? Oh yeah, no, I'm holy. I don't look at the outward. No, of course, I looked at those beautiful blue eyes and she's beautiful and I'm like, ah, that gives me more peace. Yes, (laughs) I'm in total peace, Lord. This is awesome. No, but I did pray. I needed to pray because here's what I knew. I knew I did not, I knew marriage was the second most important decision of my life. Becoming a Christian, the first most important, right? So marriage, I had done it and we had done it really well and I had, I knew what was good and I realized wow based on all this and what God you're showing me and what people say around her and all these things I take into account there's this peace that I move forward and you see that's so important for you and for me that we look at life and we don't just go well hey man she's she's hot so yeah I'm feeling good I'll I'll feel satisfied by that no 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 I needed to have an internal peace that spiritually there was something happening in her life that we connected with that I hadn't had with anybody else other than Ash, to be honest with you. And all of a sudden, as we're having a conversation, I'm realizing, wow, this is like this. Wow, this is, this is, that was weird. I hung up the phone. I'm like, that was weird, Lord. I don't get that. I'm not sure. I haven't met this girl. And I already got like, what's going on? <laughs> but because I believe that when you put it before the Lord, he's going to give you his peace. And when you try to grab your own satisfaction and put it in place of his peace, 
man, you're going to go down the wrong road. I believe that. I want, I want God's peace. I want his ways. You know, here's a verse that you all know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, right? You could probably repeat it with me, right? What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what happens? He shall direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own lives. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I love that verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. You see, I, I want us to be led by God in every decision we make. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, okay, everybody after church is perplexed because I'm not sure which restaurant to go to, God. You know, I'm not saying that you need to, like, figure that or, you know, what team should we root for? You know, obviously it's the Steelers. But anyway, so you... you, you Sorry, that was bad. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I threw that in there. But here's the idea. I want to trust in the Lord with all my heart for whatever. I'm trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? And I want to trust you with everything I got. That means my ways, my will, that's not more important than what you want because I know your ways are higher and your ways are easier. Now, here's the thing that, that we won't have peace with and this is the next thought if you're taking note. We, if we don't have peace, if you don't have that peace of God... Um, in your life, in your own life, you won't sense his peace to guide you. I really believe that. If you don't have the peace right now, and I'm talking about the peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus where it's like, man, Lord Jesus, you give me peace that is totally different. You know, I I hope you know if you're new here that Jesus loves you, that he died on a cross for you, that he paid the price for you, that while you're still sinners, Christ died for you. And so we, we have this opportunity to be forgiven of our sins and have the promise of eternal life. And this is the, this is that peace that, this is just unbelievable peace, right? But here, here's what I know. When you don't have that peace, man, you're not going to be able to sense his peace. You know, Jesus was with his disciples I want you to turn over to John chapter 14 in your Bibles. John chapter 14. And Jesus, he's, uh, he's hanging out with his disciples. Now he's told them, hey, I'm, I'm going from you. I'm actually going to leave you. I'm actually going to a, another place. They're kind of perplexed and confused. They thought he was going to build a kingdom here. They were going to be his right-hand man. They were going to help out. They were going to do everything they possibly could. But, but here, here's what happens. Jesus is telling them, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, he's, he's forecasted to them that he's going to die on a cross and he's going to rise again, but then they are going to be a part no longer of, of with him, but he's going to leave them and he's going to heaven to prepare a place. But then in verse 25, he says this, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Remember, when you come to know Jesus Christ, here's the, here's the theology here. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible promises that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So I have the Holy Spirit in me. When, I, when you, We call it, when you are born again, which means you're born from above. I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I've realized that he died on the cross. And what I'm doing is I'm saying, oh Lord, I believe that my sin will keep me from a holy God. So I'm going to accept Your sacrifice, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, and I believe that you paid the price for me. 
And I put my faith and trust in that. And so what happens is the Bible says that your spirit, which once was now dead in your trespasses, which you were, you were apart from this living God because this sin separated you, now is made alive. You are born again. You're born from above. So now, all of a sudden, the Bible, which you maybe are looking at right now going, I don't really get this. I don't really understand. Um, all of a sudden becomes more understandable. Because the Spirit is teaching. You see, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's, it. it's a He. It's a person. And we believe there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not three different gods, but one God. And, but three persons within that Godhead. And so here is the Holy Spirit that's saying to you, oh yeah, that, that is, I'm going to guide you into the truth. But what, what does Jesus say? Hey, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things. He's going to teach you. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I mean, that's why we're even reading what we're reading, because the Holy Spirit reminded them, hey, write this down. Remember when Jesus did that? The Holy Spirit is alive. And then he says this, verse 27, key, right? You can underline this in your Bible. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, Jesus gives you a peace it is so different than what you maybe get peace from this world. He says, oh no, I, I have a peace that is so different. I have a peace that in fact, uh, it, it will, it will, the peace I give you, uh, it's totally different than what the world gives you. It's not that kind of peace. No, you shouldn't be troubled. You shouldn't be anxious because this kind of peace is gonna change you. And if you've never had the peace of God, if you've never been forgiven of your sins, you've never understood that God loves you, man, I don't want you to leave here today without knowing that peace because it's a peace that transcends all understanding. But that, this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, you know, I, I've given you the Holy Spirit and it's a peace like you never know. And so unless we have that peace, we're not gonna sense his peace. But how do we, how do we lose our peace? Because I think it's easy to lose our peace. I think it's easy to lose our peace when, here's a first thought, our focus shifts from the ability of God to our problems. You ever done that in your life? Your problems become way bigger than who God is, you know? You've been searching after God, you've been seeking God, and and it's like, man, God's ability all of a sudden takes a backseat to the size of your problems. We forget all the things that he's done. We forget that he divided the Red Sea and the people walked across on dry ground. We forget that he fed people with manna from heaven. We forget that Jesus healed blind and healed the lame and, and, and he resurrected the dead. We forget all these things in that moment because our focus is no longer on the greatness of God, but it is now on the greatness of our problem, which is small in comparison to the greatness of God. So what we have to do is we have to make sure our our focus stays on the ability of God and not the size of our problems and that we put it into perspective well this is who God is this is what he's done Psalm 145 it says it this way 147 I'm sorry Psalm 147 verse 5 great is our Lord mighty in power his understanding is infinite I love that great is our Lord understanding he's great he's mighty understanding and power you know it's that picture that you and I can get just drawn away 
His understanding's infinite. It's, it's what we forget. Like, oh, Lord, you care about me, and you, you do number my hairs on my head. And we take, uh, isn't it funny how little things become bigger things when they shouldn't in our life? You ever had that happen? I mean, if you ever, even if you've ever lost your phone, how many of you lost your phone? Anybody ever lost their phone? Like me? Okay, so, or I thought I lost my phone, okay? The other day, I thought I lost my phone. And I started to go through the, oh man, what's, is somebody ripped off my phone? I got all my contacts on there. I started, I started, I just, I couldn't, I just started going through it in my head. Oh man, I'm looking everywhere in my bag. And, and all this is happening while I'm talking to Gabby on my phone. I'm embarrassed to say that, but it's true. So I said, so I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh man, I can't find my phone. And I can't, oh wow. And she's even like, well, where is it? <laughs> she's trusting that I'm probably speaking to her from another phone or something. I don't know. Maybe you're talking about the cross church phone. What are you talking about? I've got the phone glued to my ear. It's become a part of me, right? I can't get it off, right? And so you, you think, oh, and then I realize, oh, there it is. <laughs> Fortunately, I did that in front of my whole team, my staff, and so they all had a good laugh and realized, I am human. Yes. You are not who we thought you were, Greg. Thank you. Yeah. I am not. Yeah. I am imperfect. I'm a sinner, and I definitely mess up, and I'm not so bright sometimes. There you go. So... But it was just one of those moments. But you can honestly, it's like what, you know, it could be something in your life that it starts small and you make it into something massive in your mind because you're not looking it through the filter of who God is or what he wants to do in your life. We look at it through the filter of, oh man, what is this going to do to me? And how's this going to impact me? And how's this going to, and then we lose our peace. You lose your peace. Because now my worry is crazy. And that's why Paul, that's why he wrote this in Philippians chapter 4. That's why he said, hey, be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And check it out. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Can you guys read that with me? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, not some of understanding, not part of understanding, not just Spanish understanding, not English understanding. No, all of understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Why? Why is there this peace of God that transcends all understanding that's going to guard? Because you're praying about it, because you're seeking God, because you're going to Him and saying, God, I need your help. Here's my prayer and supplication. But you know what? I'm not going to forget to give you thanksgiving because, man, when I give you thanksgiving, I'm reminded how great you are. I'm reminded that you actually are the God of the heavens and the earth. I'm reminded that you gave me life, that you gave me this house, that you gave me my, my, my physical well-being. God, I'm reminded about all these things when I give you thanks. And when I do that, man, there is a peace of God that transcends all understanding that's going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's a good thing, right? It's like, oh man, Lord, that's, that's what I need. I need that in my life. I need that, I need that peace. I need that peace that, that you want to do. Isaiah 26.3 says it this way, and this is some of your favorite verses, right? Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because why? He trusts in you. you. See, I'll lose my peace if my mind is off of him. But man, I stay in peace when my mind is stayed on him. Just rested on him. Lord, that's who you are. That's what you can do. 
I, I, I want you to show me whatever it is, Lord. I, I want to do your way. And so we, we definitely will have our focus shift from the ability of God that, that we'll lose our peace. The second thought is it's when our contentment gets crushed by a comparison, you know? You know, you're content until maybe you see or compare your life to somebody else. It's very easy to compare your life and think that these people have it all going on, that they have less problems, they have less stress, they have more money, they have more uh, great things going on in their life, especially with Instagram and Facebook. Let's be honest, you could go on there and just be depressed for the rest of the day if you compare your life to somebody else. You'd be like, I don't understand how they go on so many vacations. How are their kids so perfect? How do they all have the same outfit and matching? I don't get it. And so it's like, oh man, when we start comparing our lives, and by the way, you know as well as I do, Instagram, Facebook, let's be honest, it is like phony book, you know, it's like, okay, hey, I, I want to I go ahead and just let you know everything that's great going on in my life. Nobody ever goes on there and just gives you the worst of the worst. Well, today was the worst day of my life, and here's why. No, and it doesn't happen usually. It's just we compare, and we tend to compare. And what happens is when you compare, was it Teddy Roosevelt once said, you know, uh, basically comparison is the thief of joy. And I would say that comparison is the thief of contentment as well. And here's why. Because you and I need to realize who God is. And when we realize who he is in the midst of all that, maybe then we'll be like Paul and we'll say, man, I want to learn to be content. Philippians chapter 4, it says it this way. Paul said, not that I, I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And this is a favorite verse. You guys should turn this in your Bibles and you can underline it. But he, then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in other words, he's saying, hey, you know what? I've learned to be content. I've learned it. Why has he learned it? I don't get that. How do you learn to be content? Well, he's learned that when he was with a lot or had a little, that God was still there and he was still providing for him. No matter if he had a lot or a little, he learned that, wow, Lord, you're with me and you can provide for me. And you know what, Lord? Whether I have a little, I'm still in a good place. Or whether I have a lot, Lord, I'm still in a good place because I have you. And this contentment doesn't come from the stuff or the money in the bank or who's in my life or how many pictures I got Instagram likes, whatever it may be. It's so easy to get robbed of that content. By the way, there's great filters that can make you look 20 years younger. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, we just were playing around with them yesterday. Gabby's like, look at this filter. And she shows it to me. And I look like I was back in the day modeling or something, you know? I'm thinking, let's post pictures like that all the time. Man, people start coming to church being like, where's that young pastor? You're his grandfather, right? <laughs> where's the young guy? I mean, it wipes away all your wrinkles. It makes you look like, hello, how are you? And, and so it's so funny. And she said, yeah, people use this. This is what a lot of people use on their Instagram. I'm thinking, man, that is like the old days of airbrushing magazines, right? Everybody's airbrushing themselves. Why? Because they want you to think they're perfect. But you know the old saying, man, the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence, right? And that's because even if it is, that's because the sewage is leaking over there and you're going... There's always problems in somebody's life that you and I can look at and we go, I don't see the problems. Why? Because I'm comparing my life to everything they've told me or I see outwardly. But man, God knows what's going on in the heart. 
And if we compare, we lose our contentment. You got to learn to be content. The other thing is, when any closed door closes off our faith, I believe you and I will lose peace. When we feel like a closed door is something that's bad. Because guess what? God's going to close doors in your life. You work really hard. You put a lot of money into something. Maybe it's a business deal. You've invested all this in it. But all of a sudden, there's a closed door. Does it get you off of trusting God in the midst of it? Or perhaps are you still trusting that God's still going to do something, wherever it may be? I'm going to trust you, Lord. No matter, you've, you've put all these time into a relationship, and all of a sudden, the relationship blows up. And you realize, wow, that's a closed door. Lord, what? But you've been praying about it. But now you're upset because you wanted what God wanted because that would have, excuse me, you wanted what God wanted but you you really wanted what you wanted because that's really what you were satisfied with but man it's hard when the door gets closed and now you go oh Lord I thought it was going to be different than this I want something different I want I want I want a different way all these closed doors closes off my faith and here here's what happens in our life you know um, I want you to uh, encourage you to know that Every closed door is not a bad door. You know, in Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul, he was going around preaching the gospel, encouraging. He's bringing, he's bringing people to know Christ. And if you turn in your Bible to Acts 16 or you just look up at the screen, they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees. This is verse 4, which were determined by the apostles and elders of Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. So it was a great thing that was happening. Paul's going around, increasing number. Churches are growing. People are excited. It was an amazing missionary journey. And then when they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. What? But Lord, can you imagine Paul? But Lord, we were doing so much and people were coming to Christ. And the str- Why would you not let us go and preach the gospel here? Why would you not let us go to this area which we would consider Turkey now? After they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. So they tried another spot. They kept going and the doors kept closing. Now check out what happens. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And now after he'd seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And this was the beginning of the spread of the gospel to Europe. This is it. It would have never happened. And Paul said, Man, it's closed door. I'm quitting this. I'm giving up. I'm, gonna let this, I'm, I'm done because you closed the door, Lord. And you should have kept it open. We were doing all these great things for you. It was going to be awesome. And I, I, I'm, you closed the door. Closed doors can lead to great things. But you've got to wait and trust. And you've got to see what God wants to do. You know, you, you may have a closed door in your life. And it's that old, you know, some businessman, the salespeople will say, hey, every no brings you closer to a yes. You know that old thing, right? And I know that is something that you realize, wow, yeah, every no brings me closer to yes. Why would a, if a secular person that's in business, why would he believe? Because he believes in hope. He has hope. Every no, he's not giving up. I don't care if it's a closed door. I'm not giving up. Do you understand as Christians, we have the hope of God. We have the God of the universe. We have the one that actually breathed life into us, that gives us all wisdom, that is able to actually bring me to a place of understanding. And I I can say, Lord, you, you in fact, Lord, you have the hope. 
And so what do we need to do? First Thessalonians 3.16, it says this. For, excuse me, uh, sorry, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. I gave you the wrong verse. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, my bad. And so I'm going to read it to you. But here's the thought process for you and for me. And if you could throw up the first slide, here's the first thought. This is the first thought, is this. And, and, and it is that when there is peace, then you and I need to pursue it. When there's peace, then you pursue it. You know, when, there's, when you sense that God is giving you peace, that's when you pursue. That's when you say, all right, Lord, yeah, I'm going there. I feel like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I have a peace with you. I'm, I'm doing what you're calling me to do. And I'm, 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 I'm feeling that, Lord, this is, this is all that you have for me. And uh, I'm going to trust you and, and be a part of what you want me to do. So in here in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. So may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and in every way. I love that verse, right? He's the Lord of peace himself. God is the God of peace. Jesus is the Lord of peace. If you want to know where peace comes from, it comes from him. And so we need to make sure where there's peace, we pursue it. And then we just trust the God of peace. We trust in him for whatever it may be in your life, that you trust the God of peace. I want to trust you, Lord, that you will have an answer, that you will give me the way, that I'm not going to let all of my peace get unsettled, but that I'm going to trust you. And then when I have peace, Lord, I'm going to sense your spirit speaking to me and showing me your peace. And where there's peace, I'm going to pursue Listen, there's no easy answer to figuring out God's will for your life. It's never, being a Christian is never easy. It's part of a relationship. It's part of us saying, all right, Lord, I want to dig into your word. I want to pray. I want to trust. I want to believe. I want to hope. I want to, Lord, I want to sense what you're saying to me. But Lord, I I just want your way. And when you're walking in his way, I guarantee he's going to be right there with you, leading you. And when you're willing to say, all right, Lord, even though you close that door, I'm still going to trust you. Then you're really putting your hand, your, your life in his hand. And you're saying, God, here I am right now. I'm trusting you with everything I got. And whoever, whoever, Lord, comes in my path, Lord, I know this is part of your plan. I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to this way or that way. But, Lord, I don't want to step to the left or the right. I want to stay straight and where you want me to go. Amen? Yeah. Let me pray for you. And uh, let's pray for our church that we would know this kind of peace in our life. God, we thank you for the time that we have to dig in your word and, Lord, to discover your will and, I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to know your peace, that we would know your peace in everything that we do, that we would know your peace in how we, uh, Lord, are taking the steps in business. Some people are businessmen here, and they're wondering what peace, what door should go through, and if maybe they've had a closed door, and maybe it's closed down their faith a bit, and I pray you would encourage them. I pray that we as Christians would be uh, witnesses in the midst of closed doors, knowing that, Lord, we have the God of the universe that's leading, guiding us. So we're going to trust you no matter what. We're going to trust you with all of our heart and not lean on our understanding. God, help us to live out that verse. Help us not just to quote it, but God, help us to live it. And so I pray 
that your peace would transcend everything else in our life, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us, that you would help us, that you would show us your ways. And uh, Lord, more than anything, I pray for, Lord, the people that maybe they're looking for your answers. God, may you speak to them. May you help them. May you lead them and may you guide them. And we pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.